We are going to Western New York. I nailed that. Uh, to the, to Buffalo, the Bills. Very interesting team. We're gonna get into that. You know what else is interesting? Why would you not download a completely free app that has every single fantasy stat that you need? That's an interesting question to me. For me, I can't understand that because I downloaded the app. Uh, it's on my phone. It's called the Fantasy Football by Broto app. I use it literally every day. Um, I made it. We made it. Me, I, the company, made it for you a tool for, for you to use it every day. Whether you're a professional or just dabbling or a beginner, it has everything you need. Who to draft, uh, every stat you need, our content. And the reason why it's free is because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash broader fantasy. Thank you so much for, for supporting the show. Leagues are getting up and started and filled. So if you want to join a Broto league, if you, if you're having trouble finding a league with some cool dudes and girls and you need to get here and you need to get with these people because we have the best community of all time. You're going to be in a league that you love and you're going to get fantasy advice while you're at it. With that being said, let's get started. The Buffalo bills uh, in three, two, one tonight yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football the bills are super interesting to me because i feel like people are a little bored of the dominance that the bills have showed in the last few years but if you're bored of dominance or lack thereof they- you're really gonna hate these guys. You have to win my... some. You have to win some playoff games to be called dominant. And watch Man, your Nicole, watch your shut mouth. the hell up when I'm transitioning. You fucking guy. This guy ruins <laughs> it every time. Like like Matt was. Yo, Don't Matt call the was, Bills dominant. Matt on the bottom was like, "Yo, Tim is spitting right now." Like I seen it in your face. No, Matt, Matt was agreeing with me. I was no, I was spitting. Matt, were you agreeing with me or Michael? I don't want to pit you two against each other. <laughs> Look at Michael. <laughs> Matt's being Matt Canadian and peaceful about the whole thing. All right. So, all right. Um, where was I? Yeah. So the, the Bills are weird because the no, I Bills, think the Bills are dominant in fantasy. Yes, in fantasy they are. So I mean, even I mean, even in real life, they've been dominant, and you don't appreciate it. All right. Just because they don't, they didn't beat the Bengals. Regular the Chiefs, season dominant. All right. Fine. They they yeah. lost to the Bengals and the Chiefs the last two years. Like I I think you can. It's. Come on. But anyway, it's a, t- it's a tough conference. You got to get fast the best to be the best, bud. Listen, what, yeah. why are we talking about the playoffs here? Listen. All right. Because so, I, I, I feel like it's different because this year. I feel like if we took the heat wave from last year, you know, and then we just replayed it, posted it again. And just every time the word Devin Singletary came up, we replaced it with the word Damian Harris. Like it's the exact same everything. Like, I mean, I guess Dalton Kincaid. Eh, all right. You know how I feel about rookie tennis. But let's get into it. All right. Uh, let's go, let's start with this offensive outlook. One of the best coaching staffs in the league, in my opinion, um, was one of the best coaching staffs even before they were being recognized as it. Head coach Sean McDermott, 20th season as an NFL coach, making his seventh season with the head, as the head coach of the Bills. Um, McDermott compiled five playoff appearances in his first six seasons, transforming the culture of the franchise that had not experienced a postseason berth since 1999 previously. McDermott is ranked num- first in team history and win percentage and ranked third in franchise history and wins behind Marv Levy, v- Levy, the famous, and Lou Saban. From 2020 to 2022, the Bills captured three consecutive AFC East Division titles for the first time since 88 to 91. Shout out 1988. Uh, their offensive coordinator, second year for Ken Dorsey, former uh, GOAT 
quarterback at the um, the University of Miami. You. Dorsey joined the Bills in 2019 as the quarterback's yeah. coach and then the offensive quality control quality control coach. Dorsey and company are greatly praised and accredited for developing star franchise quarterback Josh Allen after the former um, it says Wisconsin here, but it is uh, Wyoming product was largely seen as a low potential development product in 2021. Dorsey was promoted to passing game coordinator to go along with his QB coaching role, helping Josh Allen record a 149.0 QB rating in the playoffs at who could forget that, that complete. I saw it. Well, that was my fault on the Wisconsin drop. Oh, don't, don't worry. I, I, I was, I was cool to take the blame for that Matt. but that's, 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 that's a good guy right there, uh, which marked the highest all time. Even QB. more Canadian. With at least 50 <laughs> in the postseason in 2022, in 20 yes, following the departure of offensive coordinator Brian Dable, Dorsey was named the team's offensive coordinator, and this will now be a second season. So the same coaching staff, same quarterbacks. So let's go into what they did last season: 13 and three record, dominant type record, uh, third in points per game, 27.7, 14th in pass percentage, 57.2, 22nd ranked in rush percentage, 42.8. Uh, offensive additions. Some really, really big names on this one. Wide receiver Deontay Hardy. Hooey. Uh, running back Darrington Evans, who everyone was in Ooh. love with this time last year. Um, offensive guard Connor McGovern. Mm -hmm. uh, some guys that actually might have some uh, appeal. Uh, Damian Harris or running back Latavius Murray at running back, who people have been talking very well about at, at a Bills camp. Wide receiver Andy Isabella, who's also making some noise at a Bills camp. And rookie tight end Dalton Kid Kincaid. Also a noise maker. Um, running backs, sub I mean, uh, player subtractions, running back Devin Singletary, wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie, and quarterback Case Keenum. All right, with that being said, let's get into the quarterback of these um, Buffalo Bills. Obviously, Josh Allen, one of the elite quarterbacks uh, in the league. He's been an elite fantasy producer. He's been an elite regular producer. How are we feeling about Josh Allen? Are you paying that hefty price tag for him this year? Yeah, I mean, what is there to say about Josh Allen in terms of production? Three straight years with over 400 fantasy points, top three in points per game each of the last three years with two number one overall points per game seasons mixed in there. Star passer, also a top five rusher at the position. Dude, if you asked 100 people who had more rushing yards last year between Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, I'm sure 98% of them would say Jalen Hurts. The answer is Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen, big-time runner as well. He... I think he should like he's currently going off the board at QB three on underdog NFPC. Jalen Hurts has the Super Bowl, you know, inflation going on. I think that's silly. I'd take Josh Allen before Jalen Hurts. Like they're both going to be stars, but in terms of those two together, Josh Allen is basically guaranteed to throw for way more yards and touchdowns. That's just who he is, and he also has um, equal rushing upside. So. I'd take Josh Allen straight up over Jalen Hurts. With that being said, you have to take, if you're drafting Josh Allen, you have to take him early third round, basically, at his current ADP. The top three quarterbacks are going way higher than um, than they were in previous years this year. And that's where the big question comes in when it comes to the quarterback, your philosophy drafting, and how you want to build your team. Look, am I going to draft Josh Allen early third round? More than likely not. Does that mean... You can't build a winning team that way. I said the same thing about Patrick Mahomes. No, it doesn't mean you can't build a winning team that way. It's just going to make it more difficult for you to find impact players, and you're going to have to hit on the mid-round targets. Um, those are going to be definitely way more valuable than than if you were to not take a quarterback early. So 
it you can draft him if you'd like. It's just I I personally it's a little too hefty for my taste. I'd rather wait. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, if you have Josh Allen on your team, the only thing about Josh Allen is there is some inconsistency in his game. Like I know that, uh, you know, it's I'm, I'm nitpicking here because when he goes off, he goes absolutely off. Um, but you know, there's a little bit of inconsistency last year though. He was absolutely dominant QB two, like, you know, only finished outside the Q, uh, outside of a QB one twice all season, you know? So, uh, the inconsistencies that, you know, were, there in 2021 and um you know he kind of leveled those out last year but a lot of that had to do with the fact that the running backs weren't supporting him the, the, the way that they wanted to um last season james cook was getting all this hype james cook is getting hype again uh but it didn't work out in his rookie season they brought in naheem hines naheem hines gets taken out by a jet skier while he was just chilling on a jet ski oh my god Naheem Hines is going to have a lawsuit on it. Like that guy's going to have a lawsuit on his hands. He's going to have to pay Naheem Hines. How much is Naheem Hines going to set to make this year? Like that guy's probably going to have to pay Naheem Hines. Imagine on top of that, like these guys insure their bodies for millions. Yeah, that's true. I mean, hopefully he did. Um, But with that being said, I think this year's a little different for James Cook. Uh, Now you you got two guys in this backfield that are being drafted late. Now James Cook is kind of on a on a little bit of an upward tick. When yeah. it comes to ADP, um, the reason why is that's happening is because in camp, uh, Joe Basuglia, Basiglia of the Athletic, Basiglia, uh, he's the he's the Bills guy he's at the, the Athletic, he's the Bills guy, yeah. the Bills guy. He says that he mm-hmm. is the the unquestioned top running back in Bills camp uh, is James Cook, and that is something to be looked at because James Cook is seen as more of just kind of a pass catching back, right? It should be noted as well that Latavius Murray was brought in and is giving Damian Harris a run for his money for the backup role, for the bruiser type role. That is not what you are expecting to hear out of a, a they gave the money to Damian Harris. They're in division with Damian Harris. They want Damian Harris to win this job, but Latavius Murray, a 33-year-old running back, is outplaying the guy. So that all that considered, it makes a lot of sense that James Cook is on the rise right now because there is room in this offense for a number two target yet again. This has been the problem for the Bills at least last year, the year before. There is room in the offense for a pass-catching running back. It seems as though they are starved for this pass-catching running back. They took James Cook at the end of the second round, which if you ask any of the draft Knicks, if you, if you ask a guy like Matt, they reached incredibly for him. He was, he was, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm, I, I thought he was like a fourth round running back for right. Sure. He was being projected as a fourth round running back who didn't really have super high upside. They took him at the back of the second. Then when he didn't produce like they wanted him to in his rookie season, they went out and they traded for Naheem Hines, like I mentioned earlier. So this is a position. This is a, something that, they want this is something that they are coveting in this offense and a second year for James Cook. I mean, look, 5.7 yards per carry last year. Pretty decent. Fairly elite. Yeah. Uh points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. Ninth in the entire NFL. Right? A dot on catches, fifth among running backs. So he's not just catching screens, he's running routes, right? 32 targets 
pretty good considering he was only a part-time player. So he obviously has the upside for catching balls, and you're getting him right now at RB28. I, I think that'll probably scooch up a little bit to hopefully scooch. not. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're if you're looking for a you know a high reward type dude, I think James Cook has some reward. To there's some reward to be had with James Cook, but it all it depends on him progressing. Right now, camp. But I mean. How many times have we heard glowing camp reviews and, you know, that person ends up sucking in the regular season? Like, let's let's think back to Allen Robinson and how everyone was like, oh, he looks like he's going to dominate again in Rams camp. Yeah, I do want to say, I mean, I don't know how how, uh, genuine the Naheem Hines trade as James Cook replacement. I mean, he played special teams, Naheem Hines. He got he got traded and he started returning kicks. He never really took any. Russian game role from James Cook, so I, I wouldn't I really. No, not I mean, you mean passing game, passing or rushing. Naeem Hines didn't play an offense; he just returned kicks basically once he got traded there. But nonetheless, I do think I I haven't drafted Damian Harris one time no. in best ball. I'm like fifty plus drafts in. I I haven't even considered touching his name once. I just I could not care less about a player than Damian Harris. If I'm being completely honest, like I don't see the upside there. But I do think James Cook has some upside at his ADP. I think he's a good, like, if you're going a wide receiver, a tight end, QB heavy type, zero RB, or she saw running back approach. I do think James Cook has some appeal, even though the, the Bills running back room has been uh, very untrustworthy for several years now. Naheem Hines had kind of five. That up as well. It's like Sean McDermott's had better and more talented running backs in that backfield than James Cook, in my opinion. And they've never really had extreme fantasy utility. Who? Shady McCoy. Oh, I mean, Shady McCoy was good with the Bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dropped that bomb on you, didn't I? <laughs> no, because he was good. Shady yeah, McCoy had good well, years I mean, with like, the Bills. Eh. Well, that, I mean, eh. it was kind of towards the end of his career, so I was hoping he didn't actually like think too much about it. <laughs> More so, it was like kind of at the age fall off of Shady, but yeah, like this is post Eagles, even right? So, I mean, and he, and I think he you'd argue Devin Singletary had, even had at least too. one yeah. fantastic season. I've got, I've got to go to the, I got to go to the Brodo game logs for this and look up Shady McCoy because, because am I, am I bugging that I, I think that he was, he was good with Buffalo. Maybe one good season. Yeah, I mean, not, I don't know. not on the comeback. Well, 2019 was not a good season for him. Let's go to 2018. No, not a good season for him at Buffalo. 2017. Yeah, oh, yeah, RB7 in 2017. So his first yeah, year before the comeback. injuries, before he yeah, fell off. 2016, like RB4 with Buffalo. So he's had, he had some good years. He spent that much time with Buffalo? Jeez. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he Snow was game, in 2000, yeah. 2015, too. He played a lot. Of, he played a lot with Buffalo. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So that's the running backs. Let's get into these wide receivers. Kind of the same thing. Um, Let's do it. I'm picking number ten. I don't know if I told you guys, but I'm picking number ten in my home league. Uh, yeah, a few times. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for for Stefan Diggs. I'm not gonna lie. I'm hoping that Bijan. I'm hoping for Bijan or Stefan Diggs or Tyreek Hill. I, I don't know if Tyreek Hill is gonna drop. I'm. I'm. In some of my mocks, Tyreek Hill dropped, and I and I. I drafted him knowing that I'm not going to be able to draft him in real life, but I'd be surprised if Tyreek Hill fell to you. Yeah, but Stefan Diggs might, and I'm down with that. Uh, another great season last year. How, and then Michael also, one of his busts in last year's Sleepers and Busts uh, episode was Gabe Davis. 
So uh, that one came to fruition for sure. How are we feeling about these wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about Stefan Diggs, specifically ADP of wide receiver 5, 10 overall. So he's routinely coming back to you at that 10th pick. Last year, he finishes as the wide receiver 6 in points per game, wide receiver 4 overall in fantasy points, 155 targets, which was wide receiver 5, a 4.9 true target value, which was wide receiver 3, 110 receptions, wide receiver 3 as well, 1,455 receiving yards, that's wide receiver 5, 89.3 receiving yards per game, wide receiver 4, 11 total touchdowns, wide receiver 2, 28.4% target share, wide receiver 10 30.6% target rate wide receiver 6 1736 air yards wide receiver 6 and Diggs is also kind of traditionally thought of as a more intermediate short yardage guy with incredible route running so to see his air yard share be a career high incredible 23 red zone targets wide receiver 4 443 yards after the catch wide receiver 12 2.87 yards per route run which was wide receiver three overall on a total of 507 routes, 2.51 yards per team pass attempt, wide receiver six, 0.63 fantasy points per route, and 2.07 fantasy points per target, which were both wide receiver four. He also had a 99th percentile reception perception profile in 2022 based on his combined success rates of man, press, and zone coverage. And like, there's only one negative in all of this. And I had to drop all of those nukes because Stefan Diggs absolutely deserves his current ADP, but I completely understand if people are left with a little bit of a sour taste in their mouths when drafting Stefan Diggs this season as he put up 4.6 and 4.6 PPR points in back-to-back games during the fantasy playoffs. If you survived that, though, he'd... So, like, not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you survived that, why... though, he dropped, a, he dropped 104 yards and a touchdown. Championship week. Yeah. But he I think that's Sauce even... Gardner twice a year now. Right. Yeah. And that's why I, I also think that he's even falling as far as wide receiver five because I would draft him ahead of Cooper Cup. Um, <laughs> obviously, I think he's got just as high of a ceiling of out comes in this juncture of their careers with a better quarterback, a better offense, all of that nature. And Stefan Diggs, like he puts up eight top 10 performances in 2022, including wide receiver one and wide receiver two overall outings with only four weeks outside of the top 36 wide receivers. Unfortunately, all four of those weeks came like to lead into and then during the fantasy playoffs. But if the question is whether or not I'm drafting digs at wide receiver five and 10th overall ADP, the answer will always be yes. 100% of the time. I have and Steph then on, obviously I had Steph on, sorry, I had Stefan Diggs, and he, he is the reason why I lost in the playoffs last year. And I'm still not, I'm not, I'm not hurt. Not I'm not. Deterred. I'm not fading. Yeah, and you shouldn't be deterred. And but yeah. that, that's why it, it had to be brought up. And then obviously we got Gabe Davis, who, like, look, I've never been a fan of Gabe Davis ever. Um, but it really applies more to that old like fantasy football adage of I don't hate any players. I hate ADPs, and that's really always been the biggest issue with Gabe Davis is his horde of relentless truthers that inflate. <laughs> well above his suggested range of outcomes but now wide receiver 41 101 overall a 2022 ending of wide receiver 36 with a wide receiver 31 true target value and leading into 2022 which obviously last season leading into last season davis put up back-to-back seasons with a target share of 10.9 percent and point per game finishes of 68 and wide receiver 60 during his first two years in the league 
So it was that stunning playoff performance against the Chiefs for those with short memories that caused a tsunami of hype for Davis entering drafts last season, pushed his prices up as high as wide receiver 22. Um, low end wide receiver two value for him was always insane. But that hype's cooled down considerably, which is funny considering he's had his best career season. Davis right. going off the board of wide receiver, you know, 41, 101 overall. And no, he didn't live up to the hype of those impossible expectations that were put forth by the fantasy community, but he did have a good season. He progressed in all efficiency categories. He had a career high 92 targets, always going to have a low um, catch percentage with Gabe Davis because of his A dot, which is, you know, incredible. But 48 receptions, 836 receiving yards, 17.4 yards per reception. 1,395 air yards, seven receiving touchdowns, 11.4 points per game, finishes the wide receiver 36 in points per game again, and posted an 18.2% target share. So like an 8% increase from a guy that essentially was supposed to be a sticky target share total of around a 12 to 15% guy is actually really impressive. And again, did it on an dot of 15.2 yards, which is wide receiver six, and compiled 24 deep targets, wide receiver 12. The Bills did very little to address their depth chart as Tim kind of like joked at the top like there's they added Deontay Harris and and Dalton Kincaid sure but rookie tight end and a bunch of like useless it's Deontay Hardy now Matt it is Deontay Hardy now and as a Saints fan I should know and respect that but a bunch of useless veterans right it leaves Gabe Davis on the outside Stefan Diggs on the outside and a guy we'll talk about a little bit in the dynasty stash but Davis is unlikely to ever return that elite wider suit wide receiver two numbers the top 26 top 24 is definitely in his range of outcomes but that like complimentary 1b that Devonte smith t higgins mike evans chris godwin like no he's not going to be that even in a supercharged offense but he can certainly outperform his adp of wide receiver 41 yeah i don't mind him at that adp either it's i mean it's like a 20 spot drop off from last year so now you're drafting him at a place where he could actually return value and i've drafted uh Khalil Shakir a little bit in like last round oh, of the balls. You, you gave away the Easter egg for Dynasty yeah. Stash, but yeah, we'll talk about Khalil for sure a little bit. Yo, any That's Andy Isabella love? No. I mean, there's always Andy Isabella love for me, but like, let's just put it this way. I think he earned one target with the Cardinals last season. I, he's been getting uh, some hype in uh, in camp as... I know, yeah, like you know how that goes. I mean, yeah, but look, Denzel Mims was getting hype with the. I was not. Well, he like, just got cut. Now he's now he's not on an NFL roster. I'm gonna use yeah. I'm gonna use a different jet though as an example. What about Braxton Berrios, a guy who kind of mm-hmm. like has the skill, but like had to wait around for four years and then made a name as a slot receiver with a new team. Made a name as a slot receiver, Tim. He, he got has paid. Like- he got. He's a starting slot receiver for Miami right now. That's that. This is where Khalil Shakir is going to take over. Okay, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll give a little more of a teaser. <laughs> All right, but look, look, no one wants to hear hear us talk about. Um, Andy Isabella. Just talking about? I don't, I don't even so. want to hear us talking about what we want to talk. About. <laughs> but we want to hear about the tight end because look, on this show we sure. usually have a pretty good track record of saying do not draft rookie tight ends and it working out. But there is something to be said about hey, sometimes there are outliers and the outliers tend to happen in these kind of situations with a proven quarterback who needs a secondary option, not really a, a, a first option, uh, not even really a tertiary option, like a secondary option. And then like, this is what the, this is what it was for Evan Ingram when Eli Manning needed, needed a second uh, option. This is what it was with Tom Brady. When Rod Gronkowski w- was the second option, you know, like the, the, the random outliers, 
sometimes end up here, right? So is this one of those Uh-oh. random outliers, Mike? Yeah, people talking like you or why the steam of ADP has risen so high yeah, for Dalton Kincaid, bro. It. Like he's going off the board as tight end eleven on both under That's and fucking NFC crazy. Right that's now. Insane. yeah, thanks, Sam. Yeah, now <laughs> is now your mood has changed. Yeah, look, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, I'm just presenting the argument, you know. For those who don't know, Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid started at the uh, University of San Diego, balled out um, as a youngin, 44, 835, and eight. He ended up transferring to Utah, um, the better football school. In 2021, 36 receptions, 510 yards, eight touchdowns. And then last season in his final season, huge season for a tight end, 70 receptions, 890 yards, and eight touchdowns. Um, He's a bit older already. He's turning 24 years old. But the Bills did trade up in the first round to acquire services. 6'4", 245-pound athlete. The issue is, of course, that historically rookie tight ends just do not succeed at a high level almost never kyle pitts the tight end unicorn and better prospect than dalton kincaid who went in the top 10 went over a thousand yards in his rookie season and he finished as the tight end 11 in points per game that's where dalton kincaid is currently being drafted you got eric ebron who was drafted higher tj hawkinson noah fant the list goes on of players who were drafted higher than dalton kincaid was and were arguably better um All prospects those guys better to begin prospects. with yeah and did not even come close to having a season that people are drafting Dalton Kincaid at right now with that ADP. Plus, the Bills still have Dawson Knox, who I guarantee you this will shock people, tested more athletic than Dalton Kincaid did. Yeah, And they're the same size. Dawson, Dawson Knox is 6'4", 254. Basically, he's Dalton Kincaid, except he tested faster and more athletic than Dalton Kincaid did. Knox also had back-to-back seasons as a top 15 tight end in points per game over the last two years with 15 touchdowns and over 500 receiving yards in each season. To think he's just going to be completely tossed to the side, I think, is a little silly as well. They're more than likely going to vulture each other now. Um, But with that being said, like Dawson Knox is going off the board, tight end 23 on underdog, tight end 30 on FFPC. Like If you're in an FFPC best ball with tight end premium, I draft Dawson Knox late in every single one at tight end 30. He's going to have a couple games where he catches some touchdowns and he's going to be in your starting lineup those weeks. So I, I just, I'm sorry. I cannot draft Dalton Kincaid at his currently hyperinflated tight end 11 cost. I just, I can't do it. I mean, the exact same scenario was with Dawson Knox last year and Dawson Knox did shit and do anything with it. Yeah. But someone, I mean, I think. I mean, Dawson Knox. He Dawson Knox would been great, but he was top fifteen in points per game. Like he wasn't miserable either. The thing that you could do is stash him. Mm, the dynasty stash. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to beat this dead horse a little bit because Mike <laughs> did touch on some things that I specifically wrote in my notes. You know, great minds think alike, but a few other things <laughs> I wanted to bring up too. You just—it's the the dynasty philosophy of drafting rookie tight ends at their inflated year one value is somewhat of a backhanded strategy unless you're investing in players like Kyle Pitts who possess astronomical value insulation and Kincaid is absolutely not that prospect and nobody in dynasty thinks he is yet he's receiving ridiculous value his t- dynasty tight end ADP right now is tight end 5 69th overall Mac I just just so we, everyone's clear when you say value insulation you mean protection against ba- a bad rookie or second year yes 
Yes. yes. Okay. So I just exactly. wanted to, to clarify that so everyone's everyone's aware. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I, I drop these little dynasty misnomers that not everybody knows. Correct, though. It means you're you know, just like thinking a, at a, a higher level than most. A greatest example that I like to use for value insulation is rookie quarterbacks that are drafted in the top 10. It doesn't matter what they do in the rookie season. They're going to have the same startup ADP the next year. Mm. So we saw that, that's we saw that with Kyle Pitts. Right, exactly. And Dalton Kincaid does not have that. And the most intriguing part of the near inevitable value decline that all those rookie tight ends face that aren't crazy unicorns drafted in the top 10 in a dynasty following their inaugural season is that year one production has historically also proven to have very little effect on that player's career range of outcomes because of how hard and rare it is to produce as a rookie tight end. So that means that Dalton Kincaid is going to be 30 picks cheaper in 12 weeks and has and nothing will have changed about his profile and range of outcomes regardless of how he produces on a football field it's almost always true that you'll be able to acquire rookie tight ends mid-season after managers panic on predictive but panic nonetheless on low-end production and that gives you the same asset at a lower cost and again here's why some of the things i wanted to touch on that mike didn't only two tight ends in nfl history have ever secured more than a thousand yards in the rookie season kyle pitts mike Ditka. so only one tight end in the past 50 season has secured more than thousand yards in the rookie season and that was Kyle Pitts with a tight end 11 point per game finish. Only three tight ends in NFL history have more than 880 yards in their rookie season. Only three tight ends in the past 25 seasons have secured more than 700 yards in their rookie season. And the outcome of what is largely considered a great rookie tight end season is like Pat Fryermouth shattering what his expectations were, finishing with 9.8 points per game as the tight end 12 overall and then maintaining the exact same value next season. Like, there's not even much of a... But then guys like Chigakonkwo and even, you know, Isaiah Likely for a little bit get astronomical value if they put up one good game. So expecting Dalton Kincaid to miraculously rewrite history at the most difficult, nuanced position, position to produce consistently at in all of football is ridiculous, especially considering he didn't secure more than 40 receptions and 550 yards until he was 23. Yep. Yeah. And then I, Dawson Knox, Mike already said it all. I would stash, stash Dawson Knox as well for all of those reasons. And Khalil Shakir, who we've been te teasing this whole time. Isaiah McKenzie leaves a ridiculous amount of slot snaps and slot routes behind. Gabe Davis, traditionally on the outside, he is a sprinter. He's a deep threat. He's a good deep threat and has great blow-up games that can affect you phenomenally in best ball and, and this year in fantasy at cost. Why not? But Khalil Shakir is really in a position to develop as that slot receiver. That guy to Also, Gabe Davis is on the last year of his contract this year. Um, and develop into that slot receiver, potentially take over the number two role. Is it a long shot? Yes. That's why he's in the dynasty stash portion. But Khalil Shakir is definitely somebody that I'm getting on all my rosters at cost which is which is free like he's not even rostered in 100 percent of league so you can still add him off of waivers it's uh yeah i mean it's definitely interesting with with khalil shakur especially with, like you mentioned dave, shakir shakir, shakir. uh that dave that taking two pots tim yeah no you gotta you gotta see some changes it's time for us as a people to start making some changes to our dynasty teams and adding khalil shakur into the mix yeah. <laughs> um I, damn, me, Matt and Michael and I were kind of bullshitting before the, the episode and we were mentioning how, um, you know, vacated targets is not a real thing, but vacated snaps are. Uh, so, you know, that, you know, that, that so what you third do wide receiver position is open. So it's, it's <laughs> open. Um, with that being said, 
Let's give them the. We haven't. We didn't give them the the socials last time. Let's give them the socials. Anyone else want to do it? Michael, you want? Yeah, to, you, come on. Hey, I'll ahead, take Matt. care of it. You got it. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you can find me at Psychord FF. You can find him up in the corner at Brodo FF Mike. The other corner over my shoulder at FF Tim. Make sure you look at us on YouTube so you can see all of where I'm pointing. Like, subscribe, share at FF by Brodo for the app and everything app related on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it at Brodo Fantasy at Brodo FF Jason at Brodo FF Casanova BrotoFantasy.com and make sure you head over to Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy and join us up for as little as $3 a month because we rock. Hey, you. that was better than Tim. It's fantastic. <laughs> I do it a lot of them. I'm done, man. I don't know if you want to. If you want to take that over, feel free. I hate doing that at the end. And, <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like a couple times for you, but I, I didn't even know what to do. Like, what do you do with your hands? I was like, just. Pointing. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. Like, a, like a what, like a flight assistant where you need to exits are here and here and here. <laughs> I'm just waiting. Is a buckle? I, what do I do with my? <laughs> yeah. Later. Make sure you don't stand during the flight. <laughs> no, you gotta stand on a flight. Yeah, I always stand. Extend those legs. Gotta extend those legs. As soon as they take that seatbelt thing off, I'm up and like doing Russell Wilson high. Yeah, yeah, Tim's the guy stretching in the aisles. That's me, uh, and I'm yeah. proud of it too. I'll find not only when I stretch in the aisles, I'll find the the little like wider area in front of the handicap ones, and I'll and I'll stretch right in front of those handicaps. Right in front of those. You handicaps. can tell we're you can tell that we're we're getting. Uh, we're going to miss the heat waves and that we're getting a little bittersweet because they're all getting along now. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, this is just, it's just leading us right into regular episodes. So holla. All right. We, uh, that's it. Peace.